0: hey everyone this is editing navia here uh just telling you a little bit about what this episode is um this is a special episode it is the chat from right after we watched the fellowship of the ring as a live stream with each other and with our friends who joined us on twitch thank you so much if you were there we had a great time and we'll definitely be doing this for the other movies so if you missed it don't worry you can join us for the next one um Season 2 is coming soon. We have been working hard on reading The Two Towers and talking about it, so we're excited to get that to you uh, pretty soon. But in the meantime, just so that you can hear our voices again, this is just a special episode about the Fellowship of the Ring movie. This is, just as a disclaimer, a completely unedited episode. So if you hear some sound quality issues or us moving around or are wondering why our uh, quality has dropped off suddenly that is because this is raw unfiltered content um it's here just for fun if you want to hear our thoughts about the movie right after watching it uh, for each of us some um, and number of times so hope you enjoy this and uh we will be back with season two shortly
1: Okay. Well, hey, friends, if you're listening to this as a podcast, or if you're joining us on our live Twitch chat, welcome, welcome. Uh, We just finished watching The Fellowship of the Ring, extended edition, and now in various degrees of intoxication, we're going (laughs) to talk about it.
0: You said that with so much judgment. (laughs)
1: Look, it's me. I think my default is slightly judgmental.
0: Uh, <laughs> I thought you were gonna so say your default is you. slightly intoxicated. <laughs>
1: well, I'm not gonna to admit to that on a like a live recording. Well,
0: I'm slightly intoxicated. So. Yeah, this was really
2: fun. I yeah. Um, I was surprised. I was surprised by some of the the deleted scenes that I really liked. I really liked the. I mean, I guess feelings were mixed about this, but that scene at the end um, that they have in the long edition of the movie, where Aragorn and Boromir talk about Gollum following them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, feels good to have it in there. Just, um, just because it's it's nice to be reassured that someone actually knows that Gollum is there, <laughs> since he's very visibly following them. Yeah, but also it's like one of the only scenes that I think rounds out the relationship between Boromir and Aragorn, which we don't get a lot of in the in the original theatrical cut.
0: I think I forgot like which scenes are extended because I've only seen the extended editions for so many watch for so many like viewings that I've done. So it was great to like hear again Uh, which ones were not. I normally watch the non
1: extended versions and so I definitely was oh no aware of the extensions but I also think I that this is
0: gonna less... okay I sorry our Wi-Fi just died I'm sorry uh, if that affected you what no no we're all good no you're good yeah what only... was the last thing you just heard
1: uh that you only watch the extended editions
0: oh yeah I just I just said after that that it was great to hear again which scenes were extended because Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that definitely changes your impression of the movies.
1: Yeah, for sure. And somebody asked in chat, which acting performance do you feel wasn't close to the character in the book, but you ended up enjoying anyway? And I, I feel like my answer for that is we spend a lot of time talking about how Aragorn (laughs) in the movie is, is like, Uh, I mean, admittedly, not a particularly complex character, but is still likable in that he's a, you know, a a nice, attractive, cookie-cutter hero type. He does heroic things. He makes heroic speeches. He swings his sword around in a heroic way. (laughs) Um, And, man, that's not Aragorn in the book, at least so far. Uh, And, like I mentioned, we're through the uh first half of the two towers so we've seen him as much as we're going to get of him in the two towers and you're getting a you're you like the fellowship of the ring
2: i feel like is in part it's like a big pr job on aragorn just to get you invested in his character because then in the in the two towers and return of the king it immediately starts to ramp up right like mm-hmm. his he gets he gets a status bump like in every single scene Um, yeah it's like they're like king of
0: gondor it's like they're like i hope you're ready for this king to return yeah right
2: don't you like him but it's not it's not like they do in the books right where they um there's a lot of there's a lot of fuss made about how it's his destiny to be king again Mm -hmm. and and it's sort of like you can like him or you can not like him but the point is that it's his destiny to be king again um not again but like it's his destiny to to return to the throne of gondor Right. And in the movies, it's different. They're they're doing a they're doing a total. Um, I forget if the word "snow job" is good or bad, but if it's good, <laughs> then that's what they're doing with Aragorn. They movie.
0: they want you to want him to be king. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think I'm going to go. Snow job with...
1: is a deception or concealment of one's real motive in an attempt to flatter or persuade. <laughs> 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 nope.
2: It's to- damn it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, it's like a cover-up, right? An attempt to convince someone that something is true when it's not. Right. Like, the movies are attempting to convince us that Aragorn is a qualified leader. And we know from the books that that is not the case. Aragorn is
2: very qualified at convincing people in the books that he has authority. Which is exactly the thing that they
0: don't play up in the movies. (laughs) Yeah. I think the character I'm going to go with here... To answer this question, I think Aragorn is, like, the first choice, because, duh. But <laughs> but uh, I actually think I'm going to go with Boromir here. I, I really like Sean Bean in these movies, and I know that that's controversial because he doesn't necessarily give Boromir the amount of complexity that's portrayed in the books. But, like, the more times I watch these movies, the more I'm just like... No, I get it. I get you, Sean Bean.
1: Yeah, and I think there's only so much you can do with like the um, like with the lines you have and the screen time you have, totally, right? Yeah. So I think given the I screen he time
0: doesn't... he has, he kind of delivers on this character.
1: Yeah,
2: for sure. He gives you a lot of investment in him, for sure. Mm-hmm. I do. I do still. I do still have an issue with the way that the movies portray him, um, or the movie portrays him as someone that's because i think it it by i mean by he'll appear him, for like 10
0: seconds and two hours.
2: right that's true and <laughs> and actually the the retrospectives on boromir and the next couple of movies are pretty they show him in a pretty positive light but in fellowship it's mostly it's mostly just making him seem really sus and i don't like that because like we've talked about on the pod he has some he has some decent motivations for wanting the ring to go to gondor And Mm -hmm. I think it's a much more interesting story when you consider uh, that as a serious proposal, right. That has, that has merits.
1: And in the movie they kind of gloss over that. Yeah. A serious and like, honestly, quite non-selfish, unselfish um, proposal in the books. Like he's not in it for himself. He's very much always saying like, Hey, Gondor needs this like Gondor is genuine and they are like they're genuinely struggling they need some more firepower like they need some more support yes
2: they've been totally left behind by the by the rest of middle earth to the extent that like a fractured society or civilization can leave one part of it behind Mm
1: -hmm.
2: they're they're
1: who would your pick be My sorry my pick yeah but
2: finish your thought well yeah like no the uh just that Gondor is been shafted that's my thought um yeah my for for character whose performance deviates from the books but i still really like it um, yeah i'd say sam um and it's it's a complicated one because i think that the the books like we were kind of talking about uh they show you that sam is frodo's gardener and frodo is his, his employer and they have a they have like a you know a, a hierarchical relationship where Sam does whatever Frodo tells him to do, and in the movies it's a little bit more complicated. They don't they don't talk about that as much. In general, I feel like issues of class are not really talked about in the movies, or they really they're really played down. But with Sam and Frodo, I think that ends up working really well. Like it's nice to see them as friends, and it mm-hmm. gives it like that's I think what they that's that's how the movies give room for Sam to develop as a character a little bit more and Sean Astin is so likable and and the last scene makes me tear up
1: yeah
0: honestly more than Boromir's death yeah (laughs) I hate to say that you know
1: (laughs) and it's interesting because I think like the part of Boromir's death that always gets me if like any part of it is gonna get me is the part where he's talking to Aragorn Mm, because it's like the thing that's sad about someone dying is yes that they're gone but it's also the impact that that has on everybody left behind yeah right like because frodo doesn't even die but it's like it's sad because he has to leave these people behind like he has to leave sam behind and i don't know so yeah the and that's a really good point too about when they're friends, it makes the dedication that Sam has to Frodo Mm -hmm. feel more powerful. Totally. right. Like, by choice, right? Rather than
0: by obligation. Right. That's that's the thing I've been struggling with in the books, is, like, how they're depicted against one another. Mm -hmm. It's hard because I don't... In the sense that one is a servant, you know?
2: Right. Yeah, And, and it's not like you can't have, like, a genuine... Loving relationship, even when there is some kind of hierarchy there, and it would, you know, you could you could choose to portray it that way, and the movies don't. And I think mm-hmm. that just that allows you to have like a little bit of like a, of a non problematic beating heart at the center of it, which I think works really well.
0: Yeah, you yeah. just like
1: them. Ooh, next. So I want yeah.
0: I want to answer some more of these questions from the chat because we're getting some really good yeah. ones. Yeah, Shani, you, uh, you want to read the next one?
1: Yeah. Uh, so. I was about to move. You, you did exactly what I was going I heard do. you and I was like, you were going to say that? <laughs> yep. Um, so the next one is, aside from Tom Bombadil, what is the one part of the book that was not included in the movie, but you wish it had been?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I'm kind Ooh. of like thinking about the book again. What happened?
0: <laughs> um, okay, this is kind of weird. Because it's not really I, I keep talking about what furthers the plot, and I don't think this actually furthers the plot at all, but I'm gonna say it anyway. I I would have loved to see an interpretation of what the mirror mirror looked like. Yeah. Mm. Um for for anyone who hasn't read the books, the mirror mirror is this like I guess this lake outside of the minds of Moria that is basically the magic of the dwarves where you see the starlit sky in the lake at all times of day and it's very vague what the magic of this lake is and it's not not explained not explained and it's not totally relevant to anything that happens but i i would have just loved to see a visual interpretation of it i
2: i agree that's i was gonna i was gonna do this might have been a cop-out answer but i was gonna say not necessarily just tom Bombadil, but all of their sojourn in the old forest for very similar reasons, which is that I think one of the best things about the Fellowship of the Ring is how Tolkien just drops in these these mystical landscapes that that deviate slightly from what we are familiar with in nature and then just does not explain them it's not he doesn't find that to be particularly necessary and i I wish they had included that in the movie, partly because I think that would have completely changed what the movie was like mm-hmm. um, to have to 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 do a bunch of um I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong here because I guess they, they do they do have like a few scenes in the movie where like they'll they'll drop like a, a mystical place and they don't really explain it. But for the most part everything is supposed to seem very it's supposed to like look everything's sort of supposed to make sense. Like the 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 civilizations and the places are supposed to make sense. And I I wish they made sense a little bit less.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think for me I'm torn between the answer of like I get why they didn't, I I think for both, I get why they didn't include it. But one answer I would say would be, as we talked about, not having the elves basically say, we don't trust Gimli because he's a dwarf when they arrive at Lothlorien. And I get why they didn't include it because that would have added this layer of like moral ambiguity of, oh, they aren't just like the elves are good. Right. Um, And I, so I see why they didn't do that. And also, I would have loved to get that kind of complexity. I don't know if the movies would have been able to handle it well, but I would have loved to see that. The other answer that immediately came to mind is I would have... Oh, it would have been really cool to see, like, the horns. Did
0: Not the right book. Philosophy? Not fellowship.
1: <laughs> it just said, oh, in the movie. Okay, fine. I guess it was singular. Fine. So then, yes, for this movie... It would be Lorien, um, and it would be wanting Gimli <laughs> to get that moment of like, yeah, like yes, and yeah. right, yeah, like I, yes, I, the elves are generally good, and
0: I would have loved to see some more complexity for the dwarves as a race in general.
1: Well, in the in the in the movies, right? There's that moment where um,
2: they're going into Lothlorien, and they. Uh, they're discovered by the elf patrol and then haldir makes them like dig at gimli right he's like ah you breathe too loud ha!" Ah. um and that's like that's taken as the that's that's how we're supposed to understand elf dwarf antagonism rather than yeah.
1: and it doesn't even really read that way because it comes right after a gimli line it's like the punchline to a joke right where gimli is like oh, you know, nothing's going to, he says something like, nothing is going to sneak up on me in these woods. And then immediately the elves pop up with their arrows all pointed at him. Yeah. <laughs> and then Haldir is like, oh, you breathe so loud that like, anybody would know you were here. Right. right. But it,
2: yeah. And the implication because is. Because it's a punchline. Yeah. And, right. Right. The Like the vibe that we're supposed to get from that is like, oh, you know, like, uh, you know, why can't these why can't these civilizations just get along? Why do they have to make it hard on us by arguing in front of us?
0: Well, and I mean, then you go on, I, I feel like Gimli is the punchline of the joke in that moment, but then you go on to see him act like incredibly honorably in every con- consecutive scene with the elves, and then you're like, who is supposed to be?
1: Yeah, what's he doing? You know. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, and I think that punchline only happens in the movies. I don't think it happens in the book. Yeah. So like they took all of that like, yes, he does act very honorably and he's very sort of like yes, he gets frustrated, but then he responds with quite a lot of like dignity and restraint and they turned it into a, a punchline. Yeah. Right. So Right. Yeah. Actually Aragorn in the books I think is being more hostile towards the elves.
2: Um and and Gimli kinda walks it back, which is interesting. Um mm-hmm. the last thing I think I I I want to get to other questions but the last thing I think would have been cool to get in the movies um uh oh man I knew what I was going to say at the beginning of the sentence god <laughs> damn it um oh you know I I remember now <laughs> from 10 <laughs> seconds ago the at the council of elrond in the um at the council of elrond in the books you learn that a lot of people are there uh, not because they've been summoned by Elrond, but just because they've heard this is happening, and they just have some questions about <laughs> other issues that they've never gotten resolved. Yeah. Like a lot of people are just curious what happened to Balin's troop of dwarves that set up. Yeah, out in the like Glowin is there, ago.
0: right?
2: Yeah, yeah, right. Glowin is there, and he's like Ca- casual drop
0: of how we think Glowin should be pronounced. But yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just so you know, if you don't do it that way, it's it's thought crime. <laughs> I I like the I like that that in the books because you realize just how fractured this place is mm-hmm. and how nobody really knows what other people are doing and just and you also get that sense with like other moments in the books where um different characters will encounter each other for the first time and go oh i didn't realize that like
1: your kind of people even was a thing right. i thought mm-hmm. that you were a myth yeah all right i think this might be our last questions so that wanda can get to bed at a reasonable hour and then maybe we'll do like one quick fire round <laughs> um if frodo didn't take the ring to mordor who in the fellowship would have been the best choice of ring bearer and who would have been the worst oh i like this Fight. question
0: uh okay i think balin has uh, got a pretty good track record so far <laughs> Gollum has done I mean, only, talk- only
1: Gollum is not in the fellowship We he, gotta pick
0: I mean, someone in the kinda, fellowship He's not in the <laughs> fellowship But he's in the book
1: No Okay fine
0: From the actual fellowship Okay best Sam uh, Worst I'm gonna say I know Boromir is the obvious choice here But I'm gonna say Gandalf
1: literally exactly what i was thinking (laughs) sam would be
2: funny like i'd like to see sam uh try to take the ring to mortar just to see what kind of delusions of grandeur the ring tries to tries to stir up in his mind in the two towers we get into this chapter where like you see um like you you hear gollum talking about taking the ring like talking to himself (laughs) about taking the ring and he's talking it's he's talking about like taking the ring and becoming king (laughs) which i think is really funny
0: yeah, he's and like, I will be the Gollum, the great go- Gollum. Gollum the great, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I'll eat a lot of fish. Yeah, someone's Which pointing out like, in the
2: chat that that Sam gets hold of the ring at some point in Return of the King, and it doesn't he does, have that much he is a
0: ring bearer momentarily. But I only, I think, only, it does I think affect that, him, actually, I doesn't think that it? only serves to strengthen his case because he gives the ring away.
1: Yeah, no, Sam is clearly. The quote unquote right choice if you have to pick a secondary ring bearer. Right? Like, because I think the problem with Gandalf or the problem with anybody else is you say, like, if the ring magnifies what you like, your worst vices or the power you would want to have over other people or like your capacity to be willing to cause harm to others. Sam is the most humble of the characters in terms of, like, status and class and power. He is more humble even than Frodo, because he literally works for Frodo.
0: Yeah, I mean, even by process of elimination, this works, right? Yeah. Like, even given the other hobbits, Pippin looked at the Palantir, Merry wanted to go to war for basically his own grandeur. (laughs) yeah yeah
1: and then the flip side right is that like who could commit the most horrific crimes with the ring and i think the easy answer there is gandalf Mm -hmm.
0: maybe aragorn but mostly gandalf yeah all right i'm gonna throw this out just in case anyone has a last question but this is the next question is going to be our last question so if you have anything epic for us throw it in the chat now otherwise we'll do a quick fire all right let's do quick fire give it give it like 30 seconds man there's
2: a delay oh okay sorry
1: (laughs) by the time it comes through now we're done um but i suspect we might be i think we're at four hours so hey let's do a quick fire round all
2: right yeah let's do it um our quick. This is just. This is just uh, stray thoughts, right?
0: M- movie, quick, yep. movie quick. Movie quickfire. Stray mm. thoughts about this movie.
2: I think. I, I think. Like we talked about this a little bit during the stream, but uh, it's interesting how well everybody kind of agreed that the special effects uh, hold up. That it's not. It doesn't feel corny to watch these movies now, which is funny because I remember being like. 10 years old in the movie theater and having what I thought was a deep thought, which was like, wow, this looks really lifelike now, but maybe in 20 years something else will look lifelike instead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then literally it's just like, no, actually 20 years later, this still looks pretty lifelike. This is
2: still probably the best that we can do. And part of that is because I feel like the quality of CGI has not actually in the aggregate gotten that much better when you consider the fact that like other parts of movies look worse, I think. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I, I think that like the, I think that overall these movies still look so good that the fact that we know that the CGI could be better is not, doesn't really affect it that much. Yeah. And I actually, what's yours Navia? Oh, sorry. Oh, I wanted, I just want to say one more thing about the CGI, which is that yeah, yeah, we, we agreed that the one exception is Galadriel scene where she talks about all she'll love me in despair. And she goes really quickly from being beautiful Galadriel to being like Matrixy Galadriel, <laughs> and
1: mm-hmm.
2: which is funny because like the way that they do it, you know that they're not. It's not that way out of limitation the CGI, right? Because they can they can make they can make this stuff look really good. They choose to have her like jump into demon form in like half a second, mm-hmm. and I think that it's. I guess what I was going to say about that is that it it doesn't seem to be like the fault of the CGI there. It's like the
1: Everything about the timing in that scene is just wrong. Honestly, my complaint with it is not so much the timing as it is, like, their choice of effect. Because I think you're right. Like, you look at the effects they do elsewhere, and it's like, you have access to some really good, like, technology. You have access to some really good artists to do the CGI. And that was the effect you chose? (laughs) Like, that's my (laughs) problem with it, rather than you know saying oh they couldn't do better CGI it was like somebody somebody's artistic vision did not click for me there yeah I
0: mean I think my my problem boils down to the fact that the line is as beautiful and terrible as the dawn and like that's not beautiful to me (laughs) like I have a very distinct image in my mind of what would be beautiful and terrible and the iMovie negative effect is not it (laughs) right Right. I thought you meant the dawn. <laughs> no, I mean you know you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shawnee, do you have a hot take? I'm still formulating. God,
1: I was like hoping you would oh, go first shit. so I could <laughs> take a little longer to think about it. Um, but sure, I will pull one out of my shorts. Um, I think my. Okay, can I, uh, does it need to be movie related? I suppose not. Can it be, can it be process sure, related? Sure, sure, sure. Okay, my, my process related quick fire is that I liked that we could have a, like, really get into the weeds of a disagreement and then, like, walk ourselves out of it in the middle of a live stream. <laughs> Like, I saw that happen, and I went, man, is this going to bring down the whole tone of the live stream? And then I was like, no, look at that. It didn't. And I think that's something that would not have necessarily been the case when we started doing this, that we would have been able to, like, just acknowledge that we aren't always going to agree about things, and sometimes we'll feel very strongly about that and be able to walk it back. Because we talk a lot about, like, in that first, very first episode, right? Lord of the Rings is the thing that we've always had in common. We're very different people. And even in our interpretations of Lord of the Rings, like it's often very different. And I don't know. I like you guys. That's my quick fire. I like you guys too. Damn, that
0: would have been such a good quick fire to end on. I'm going to edit it as if that was the second to last one. (laughs) (laughs) wait no as if that was the last one and mine is the second to (laughs) last what's yours (laughs) Uh, i don't know i'm struggling to think of one honestly i I think hey you don't have to have one i think the thing i keep I, i keep going back to this thing which is you know we've talked a lot about books versus movies in this podcast and i've thought a lot about it as a whole And I don't think it really matters in the end because this series is something that I just have no problem coming back to. Like, whether it's the books or the movies, I mean, realistically, I watched Fellowship like two months ago. And this was just as interesting and exciting as that watch and every watch before that and my first watch of it. And I can't really think of another movie that that holds true for or another series, I guess I'll say that that holds true for it, because I think it's going to be true for all of the other movies as well. And I think that's like what sets this this series apart for me, is that no matter what happens, I keep coming back to it, and I keep finding new things to talk about. And I have a hard time saying that for anything else. So... I probably had a lot of quick fires, but that's maybe the one I'll leave you with, is that I love this series so much.
2: That's the quickest
0: fire of all. It's so quick. (laughs) It's
2: so fire. All right. I'm glad that I'm glad that we've like we've got some good thoughts about it out, like some positive thoughts, because I feel like we were just kind of riffing and dunking in the during the live stream. Yeah. Again,
0: I, I really, really hope nobody well was watching this for the first time, because please go watch this movie for real if you were. <laughs> yeah. This is not about I, that.
1: I doubt it was anybody's first. No, time
0: I doubt that real. also. But it, just in case, please go do this for real. And also, like, we only dunk on this movie on these movies because we love them, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't like them.
0: Yeah. So. Well, I guess well. we will leave you with thank you so much for joining us for this stream. And thank you so much for, if you if you are a listener, for listening to our podcast. I hope you love this series as much as we do. And uh, we are super excited for season two. I think we feel like we've grown as a podcast and as a friendship. And we hope that shows in our episodes that we drop in season two and yeah have a have a lovely night have a lovely weekend and we hope to see you again in season two yeah we'll see you in the pod space you
2: guys thanks for coming yeah all right i'm gonna stop recording
0: right now all right i've ended the stream and i'm stopping RECORD